You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode 80, and the title of today's show is called What is Truth? And we're going to get a little bit philosophical today. You know, you don't have to be a prophet to be able to see and to understand that Western society is in the middle of a culture war. And this isn't new, but it's really intensified in the last few years. And and this idea of truth is something that, that people are fighting about and arguing over, whether or not they realize that that's what they're arguing over. You know, one of the most dramatic counters in the entire Bible was between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was the Roman governor over Judea, and ultimately he was the one who sentenced Jesus to be crucified. And Jesus had been arrested by the Jewish religious leaders, and um, because the Jews were seeking the death penalty for Jesus, they brought him to Pilate. And uh, John records some of the dialogue between Jesus and the governor, and Um, Jesus said, you say that I'm a king and you are right. I was born for that purpose and I came to bring truth into the world. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And Pilate's answer is one that, that we've heard over and over again. Pilate answered, what is truth? And you know, this, this question of what is truth is, is one that, that uh, even though it might have been original with Pilate, um, it's one that's been echoing throughout history. It's a question people have been asking throughout the centuries. Um, that question, and then even another question is, is there an ultimate truth? And these are questions that philosophers and, and, and really all of us still wrestle with. Every generation seems to rephrase it a little bit differently But the basic question remains the same. Can anyone really know what truth is? And you know, it's not surprising that this encounter between Pilate and Jesus was in the Gospel of John because if if you've read the Gospel of John, and if you haven't, I encourage you to do so. It's powerful. It's beautiful. It'll it'll really change your life. But um, one of the the themes that John emphasizes over and over again, one of the things that Jesus taught on, was that of truth and the importance of the truth. And, you know, the, the, the idea of, of there being an ultimate truth is something that um, we see over and over again in the Gospel of John. Um, in John 1.17, um, he recorded, The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And it becomes very clear in the Gospel of John, whether you agree with him or not, but for John and for Christians for over 2,000 years, the, the understanding was that truth was embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. And, you know, that 
really changes the way we look at truth, but it's important that we understand that that was John's understanding of truth. Truth wasn't just an abstract concept. Truth was personified in Jesus Christ. And Jesus often discussed truth in his conversations with people. In his chat with a Samaritan woman, um, as they were sitting by the well, one of the things that they discussed was where the correct place of worship was. The Jews believed that um, it was the temple in Jerusalem. They believed that that was where God lived. For the Samaritans, however, they believed that the correct place of worship was on Mount Gerizim. But Jesus made it clear that it wasn't where people worshipped, but how they worshipped that was important. And he said this, he said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And what it seems to be saying here, it's what Jesus seems to be saying is that there is an ultimate truth in how we worship. And you know, this this is kind of offensive in, in, in a lot of ways, because let's think about it. Um, you know, is there really a, a, an ultimate way to worship? Is there really one true God that we can worship? Is there really a right way or a wrong way to worship? Well, Jesus seems to be saying that, that our heart, um, and, and, and it involve, worship involves our hearts and not just a location or a set of rituals. You know, the clearest declaration that Jesus gave about truth was found in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this statement came out of a discussion that Jesus was having with his disciples. And he was preparing them for his departure. And he was letting them know that he would be returning one day and that in the meantime, he would be preparing a place for them in heaven. And, you know, let's just listen to that again. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, this verse has caused many non-Christians to condemn Christianity as being exclusive and judgmental. Intolerant Christians, we hear. Judgmental Christians. You know, Jesus is making a very outlandish claim here. He's saying that he is the only way to God. He is saying that he is the ultimate truth. He's saying that he is the ultimate life. And that true life only comes from him. The common thought found in many philosophies and many other world religions is that there's a common thread that seems to run through all of them. And a common thought seems to be that all religions are leading to the same ultimate truth. All paths are leading to the same destination. You can believe anything you want as long as you're sincere. The problem is, if what Jesus was saying here is true, he dispels the notion of many different ways to God. He states very clearly that there's only one way to God. Now, I, I get it. This might not be politically correct, and it's sure to offend many people. But at least there is a way to God. And if Jesus is the ultimate truth, and if Jesus is the only way to God, the key to true life, we can be thankful that God provided humanity with a way 
to come back into relationship with Him. Now, of course, many people do not agree with this, and many people do not accept Jesus' words as authoritative. One of the free wills, one of the, the, the theological foundations of Christianity is the free will of man. People can believe what they want. God gives people the right to choose whether or not they wish um, to believe or to accept the way that He's made through Jesus Christ. He's given us a free will. We can choose to believe or not to. That's, that's our choice. The, the question comes, though, what, what gave Jesus the authority to, to make such an outlandish claim? Why would Jesus claim something like this? Who is he to say that he is the only way to God? Who is he to say that he is the ultimate truth? If Jesus was merely a man, then this is a valid question. If he's just another prophet trying to get followers, trying to create a legacy, um, then his words really don't have any more authority than any of the other founders of the other world's religions. But, and this is a big but, in Jesus' case, his claim to be the ultimate truth, as well as being the only way to God, does have one significant event that seems to confirm every single thing that he claimed. Something that no other world religion can claim, something that no other prophet can claim. And it's this. The Apostle Paul wrote in uh, Romans 1.4, he said that Jesus was declared with power to be the Son of God by His resurrection from the dead. Listen again. Jesus was declared with power to be the Son of God by His resurrection from the dead. As Pastor Andy Stanley often says, if the guy who predicted his own death and resurrection tells me that he is the only way to God, then I'm going to believe him. In the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead, God added his exclamation point to every claim that Jesus made. Now, to be sure, many do not accept the historicity of the gospel accounts of Jesus' resurrection. For Christians, though, the resurrection has been a central theme and a central tenet of Christianity since the very beginning. In raising Jesus from the dead, God declared to the world that Jesus was the truth personified. When Pilate asked, what is truth? The answer to his own question was standing right in front of him. Sadly, in Jesus' day, and in the generation since, many sincere people have looked right past Jesus in their efforts to find the truth. Nothing has changed, though. Jesus is still the truth that sets us free. Well, now it's your turn. When you think of Jesus being the truth, what does that mean to you? Do you accept that there is an ultimate truth, or do you believe that there are many truths? I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're at davidspell.com, make sure you subscribe 
to get my free newsletter. I send out three posts a week, and subscribing will ensure that you don't miss a single issue. And subscribers get my free subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month. It's full of leadership tips, um, pictures of, of Annie and I working in Brazil, and, and some some little more insight into our life here in Brazil, and uh, uh, extra things that you're not going to get anywhere else. So make sure you subscribe today. I know you'll love it. This week's resource highlight. In this chapter, this this post, uh, "What Is Truth," actually comes out of my new one of my new books, "Reflections on the Resurrection." And "Reflections on the Resurrection" is uh, devotional, apologetic, and educational. And when I say apologetic, we're not apologizing. I had somebody actually ask me that recently. Apologetics is the field of of study that um, defends the faith. And so what Reflections on the Resurrection does, like I said, it's devotional, so it's designed to help us reflect and ponder what God did for us in raising Jesus from the dead. It's also designed to be educational, uh, maybe to teach you some things that you didn't know before, but also it's apologetic in the sense that it builds a case for the historicity of the resurrection. And if you've ever had questions about the resurrection and whether or not it really is true, I encourage you to check out my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. Um, this, this talk today was a modification of one of the chapters in that book. So check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes. Um, check it out. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining us today. As always, I appreciate you being with me on this journey. And I would so appreciate if you enjoy leading and learning, if you'd share it with a friend. Help us get our content to more awesome people just like you. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.